They're going to get me. Hello. How are you this morning? You doing all right? So good to be back. Um, you definitely got the lesser end of the deal here. My wife is a lot better than me. Uh, and so so uh, we'll just pray about it. But it is so good to be here this morning. Life Spring holds a special place in my heart. Just what God did in my life in three and a half years. I look around the room and I see so many people that God used uh, in that season of my life to impact me. Uh, how many of you know God is faithful? Amen? And, and sometimes even when we're not faithful, that does not deter the faithfulness of God in our life. Amen? And so, so um, um, it is, it's, it's a privilege to be here. I was here for about three and a half years. And then for the last four years, January 2015, moved down back home to Texas, where I'm originally from. And moved to a little place called Canton, Texas, which... Uh, was a total God thing how we all worked it out, and we started in Canton, Texas with a handful of people, 12, 12 so people, uh, and then half those people left really quick because they realized they didn't like me, uh, and so, uh, so you got to have some thick skin to be in ministry, just let me tell you that, uh, but they left, and it was total God thing, and, and God's just been blessing us and adding to us ever since then, we're on a, you know, in our fourth year now, and we just actually knocked down a wall in our sanctuary to add more room uh, for people, more people to come in. And so they, the, the, the idea was we either add a service or knock down a wall. And I'm like, let's knock down this wall, you know, because adding another service is, 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 is pretty tough. Like that's a lot of work. It's a lot of volunteer power. You guys do it so well. Um, but but we've, we, we've decided to go with the, the wall knockdown. And, and just a real quick testimony. Uh, in 2019 so far, we have baptized over 20 people. What God, it's, 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 it's amazing to see just what God's doing. And how I many know God's just looking for somebody to be faithful? Right? He's just looking for somebody to use. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying but we have it all figured out by any means, but, but God has been so, so good to us. So it's good to be back here this morning. Uh, I see so many familiar faces, uh, so many people, like I said, who have done just tremendous things in my life, and I see so many new faces, and that's, that's spectacular as well. Pastor Dan is one of my longest friends in the entire world. Like he said, he was my best man at, the, at my wedding uh, last March, and some of you actually flew down there. It was, it was great to see you guys. Uh, and so it's always just a blessing to come back here. How many know you are blessed to have Pastor Dan as your pastor? I, I, I really mean that. I don't say that because he's going to give me a check. Like, I really, I, I really, really, really believe that. That Pastor Dan is exactly that. He is a pastor at his core, and he loves to see people grow. So you are a blessed church. I'm excited for the future that God has here for you guys. But today we're going to go ahead and jump in. Uh, I've been told that you guys are in Luke, and you're going to travel all the way through Luke, and then keep on traveling after that, right? That's awesome. So today we're actually going to be in Luke 4, if you want to turn there, Luke 4, and we're going to read 15 verses, okay? Luke 4, we're going to go 1 through 15, and I love Luke because, because Luke obviously was an eyewitness account of Jesus, of his life, the life that he lived. And so Luke had an up-close and personal um, um, experience with Jesus for, you know, over three years. And it's amazing to read the Gospels and to see the different takes and the different angles that each writer has. But this is, this is Luke's account of, 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 of the Gospel here. So Luke 4, 1 through 15, it says this. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody say filled. filled. Read. You guys are good. Let me pause right there real quick, okay? I have to do that like two or three times at my church, all right? I'm like, no, that was terrible. Let's do it again. I was ready to do that, and you guys crushed it. Way to go. So then Jesus, 
being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. Shocker there. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word uh, of God. Then the devil, taking him, uh, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this, is, all this authority I will give you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then he brought him to, the, uh, to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. We're not preaching about that today, but an opportune time. Always stay on guard. Then Jesus, verse 14, returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and the news of him went out through all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. Let's pray real quick. Lord, we thank you for your word and just your uh, uh, spirit that is alive in us today. God, you are here in the midst of us, and you are uh, um, speaking to our lives, even now, even as we just open the word and we begin just to read it. Lord, the power of your word is amazing. And so I pray that today that it would go deep into our lives, it would take root, and it would grow into beautiful fruit, Lord Jesus. So today we just give it to you. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to each one of us, and we lay it all down for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want, to, I want to notice something. I want us to notice something real quick. Is, is, is whenever Luke says that Jesus walked into the, into the desert, it says he was filled with the Spirit. And then when Jesus left the desert, he was empowered by the Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit walking into the desert. And when he left the desert, after the temptation, after everything that had gone on, it says the Bible says that he was empowered by the Spirit. Now, I'm from Texas, okay? And, and one of the things that we do right in Texas is we do lawnmowers right. Some of you are like, that was not what I was expecting. We do lawnmowers right, all right? Zero turn, big honking lawnmowers, because if you've ever been to Texas, there's a lot of land in Texas, right? And so um, uh, the, the church sits on actually 10 acres of land. Some of that's trees, some of that's, you know, all sorts of things, but, but really three acres is wide open. And so when I first got to the church, we had a 48-inch John Deere zero turn lawnmower. And I was so proud of this thing. I'm a Texas boy, right? Like, this is what we... So, so I was so proud of this lawnmower. And, and you'd get on this lawnmower, and it would take all day to mow this yard. The churchyard, then I'd go to the parsonage and mow that. And I got red hair, so I'm like, ah, the sun's burning me up, you know? Poor red-headed guy. And I loved this lawnmower. This lawnmower was amazing. It was exactly what we needed at that point in that time. But as the years go on, 48-inch lawnmower isn't exactly cut out for like a commercial piece of property. It's great for the house, but maybe not so much for acres and acres of land, right? And so this lawnmower gets beat up. 
it's barely holding on. Like, I'm taking it to the shop every two weeks because something's falling apart on it. And it's just, it's time to retire the lawnmower, right? And then, by the grace of God, one of our, one of our uh, people in the church uh, uh, comes up to me one Sunday and says, Who mows the yard here at the church? And I'm like, well, I do. Because I actually enjoy mowing it. Well, I do. And, and he said, well, what do you mow it with? And I'm like, you know, and I tell him, you know, I give him all the specs of the lawnmower. Like, I run it down, right? And, and he looks at me and he's like, well, I have a 60-inch. I'm like, yeah? Oh, excuse me? 60? 60-inch Kubota zero-turn commercial-grade lawnmower. And I'm like, okay, why are you telling me this information? Like, I'm kind of jealous right now. He's like, here's the deal. Whenever you want to use this lawnmower, here's, the, here's, here's my keypad. Like, here's, here's the code to the keypad. Come in, get the lawnmower, take it to the church, mow whatever you want to mow with, and, and, and then return it at the end. I said, well, deal. Deal, right? And so what, what happened was I went from this John Deere great mower at one point, but now, like, we needed an upgrade, something that took me all day to mow, where I got this 60-inch Kubota, this more powerful, right, this powerful lawnmower that now took me just a couple hours, and, and, and the job was done. You see, what, what, what took place, what transpired right there? There was an upgrade that happened, right? What was it? It was more power. It was more power. I mean, this lawnmower, you can almost get on the interstate with it. It goes so fast, right? You can, you can take off. And so, like, we were just blazing through the church. But, but there was this upgrade. There was this empowerment that came that wasn't there before because there was a switch in the size of the engine, the size of the mower, all those kind of things. There was an empowerment that took place. And this is what we see in the life of Jesus as he walks into the desert. It says that he was filled with the Spirit when he walked in, but yet when he left, he was empowered by the Spirit. And I really want us to catch that this morning. That, that, that Luke tells us Jesus walked in one way and he left another way. That the way that he walked in wasn't bad. He was filled with the Spirit. But whenever he left, it was so much more. He had, been, he had, he had moved from being filled to being empowered. You say, Adam, well, what's the difference? What are you talking about? What's the difference? Take, for instance, the light switch back there. Now, we walk into this room at the beginning on a Sunday morning, the lights are off, right? The lights are off, the, the, the switch is off, but, but, but guess what? The power is there, right? It's just the switch hasn't been flipped yet. And so this is what Luke is saying here, that as Jesus endured the temptation, as Jesus fasted for 40 days, there was a switch that was flipped in Jesus' life that this power that was available now became a real thing in his life. And Jesus actually began and started his ministry after he left the desert. And I would say because now the power of the Holy Spirit was at hand in his life. He moved from, from, from being filled with the Spirit, which praise God for that, to being empowered by the Spirit. And this word empower, this is what it means. Having the, the power to accomplish the mission or work that God has called us to. Being empowered by the Spirit means that we are now, we have the power to accomplish the mission and the work that God has called us to. Do you know that God has a plan for each one of our lives in here this morning? No. Legitimately, God has a plan for each one of our lives. That he has called us for a purpose. He has put us in this season. He has put us in this place. He has put us in this relationship. God has a plan and he has a purpose for our lives. And the Holy Spirit's job is to come and empower us to move forward into everything that God has ordained for our lives. 
You see, that's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. The Holy Spirit isn't just there just to fill us up and to make us feel good and thank you, Lord, for my blessing, even though he does that. But then the Holy Spirit does something extra. He comes and he empowers us for the work that he's called us to. He comes and he empowers us. This thing that wasn't there before, this switch has now been flipped, and now something has come alive on the inside of me that was there before. I just didn't recognize it, but now there's this power that I'm actually living my life from, and now I have the power to accomplish the purpose that God has set for my life and set for our lives as a church as well. Here's the problem, though. Many of us, many of us find ourselves on a spiritual uh, treadmill, Think about this for a second. Man, we, we are on a spiritual treadmill. We are working hard and sweating like we are doing all the religious activities, but we're not going anywhere. And I believe that today God says, I want to take you. If you feel like that, I want to take you off the treadmill and put you on the track. I want to take you off the treadmill today where you just feel like, man, I'm just performing religious duty after religious duty. And tell you what, instead of being filled up or empowered, I feel weak and I feel exhausted. And I believe in that today that the Holy Spirit wants to come and he wants to empower us again for the work that he's called us to. Amen? Come on, I can get behind that one, right? That God, he's wanting to empower us today for the work that he's called us to. And the Holy Spirit wants to empower us for every good work. You see, here's the deal. Even Jesus himself needed the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Even Jesus, the spotless lamb... The Son of God needed the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. How much more so do we in our lives? How much more so do we need this empowerment to come over our lives so that now we're just not running on the spiritual treadmill where we're just running down, but now there's life, there's energy, there's goodness, there's grace that's overflowing from us, and now we are equipped for every good work. Amen? So I'm believing that today, that that's exactly what God wants to do. Man, that he wants to not only just fill us up today, but he wants to empower us for the work that he's called us to. So today, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk about some ways to be empowered, okay? Everybody say empowered. We're going to talk about six different ways, all right? Six different ways this morning on how to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Paul said this. Paul said it like this. He said, be filled with the Spirit. Now, what that actually means is continually be filled with the Spirit. It's not just a one-time thing, but it's a, it, 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 it's a thing that's an ongoing process. It's a daily process in each one of our lives. And after we are filled by the Spirit, I believe the Spirit of God now wants to empower us for the work that He's called us to. Amen? So here we go. How, do we be empow- how are we empowered by the Holy Spirit? Number one is this. Pass the test. Everybody say, pass the test. <laughs> Here's the deal. God doesn't tempt us, but He will test us. God does not tempt us, but I promise you this, if you've been in it long enough, you will understand that he will test us. He'll, he'll, he'll test our hearts, he'll test our motives, he'll test our thoughts, he'll test our desires. He will test us. We see this with Jesus in the desert right here. He was tempted by the devil, but at the same time, there was a testing that was going on. You see, God himself wasn't tempting Jesus James tells us this, that that God is not someone who would tempt man. He can't be tempted by evil, so how could he tempt us with evil? But it does say that he does test us. And God uses tests in our lives all the time. I remember when I was 16 years old, and and you know, whenever you're 16 years old, you're about to get your driver's license, right? You're on the path to get your driver's license. Um, 
And I remember being in driver's ed, and it was terribly boring, right? The classroom setting of driver's ed, you're like, oh, my gosh, come on, right? 20 years later, I recognize it was for our own good, right? <laughs> but at the time, just, I just want to drive the truck, right? Like, I want to drive the truck, and I want to have my girlfriend in, in the truck with me. Come on. What do I need to do to make this happen? And so, so the truck, like, like I, I remember sitting in the class, and they're telling us all these things, but one of the things that they do after you take the written test is you, you actually get out on the road with an instructor, right? And, and, and the, the, the driver's ed that I was in, we would get out on the road with the instructor, and, and I would drive for an hour, and then you'd have to observe for an hour. And, and you had to do that for like six hours each. You had to have six hours of driving, six hours of observation. And so I remember on the sixth, the sixth hour that we were going to do it, um, we had to get on an interstate called I-35 there in Waco, Texas. And I, if you've ever been on the interstate in Texas, it's like you've got to get up to like 95 miles an hour get on the interstate, kind of figure out which lane you're going to be. And, you know, like, it, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a different place. It's a different place. And so we're, I wasn't so nervous about me because the truth of the matter is me and my best friend Willie have been driving since we were 12 years old, okay? Don't tell my parents, all right? Willie's parents would leave the suburban home at, on, in the summertime. They both worked the job, and so we'd cruise around the neighborhood in the suburban. Terrible idea, okay? Anyway. So, so I'm a, I feel like I'm equipped for this, and, 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 and we do the driving test, and I get to drive first, and everything goes great. But the problem is I'm in the car with somebody who, like, probably has never driven in their life, right? And, 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 and we're in the car, and we've got to get on the interstate, and I'm thinking, I'm in the back seat now. This person is driving. I'm thinking, oh, dear Lord, please, Jesus, today, if you've ever been with me, today's the day I really need you, Right? Because I'm not sure they know what they're doing. And so I remember, I remember speeding up, and they, they, take, they kind of, you know, start speeding up, and we're trying to get onto the interstate, and there's a car that's like blocking, you know, and the, ex, or the, the, the ramp's running out. So it's like make it or break it time right here, you know. And finally, by the grace of God, we like get through, and we get on the interstate, and in, both of us end up passing the test, the driving test that we were both in. And because we passed the test, guess what? We got an upgrade. We got something after we passed the test that, that we did not previously have before. We got our driver's license, right? And so now, now we, we, we had this test that we had to go through in order to get the promotion that was rightfully ours. But first, we had to be tested. Let me tell you this. God will test us. God will test us in our lives. Here's the problem. Some of us will run from everything that smells, looks, and even tastes like a test, right? We will take off. We'll run the other direction. We'll try to go over it. We'll try to go under it. We'll try to go around it. Anything, but please don't make me take this test. I'm here to tell you today that, that one of the ways that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit is we pass these tests in our lives. We pass these tests and I don't know what the test looks like you're going through. They look different for each and every one of us. But there are certain things in our lives that we have to walk through, that we have to go through, and that we have to pass in order for the Holy Spirit to empower us. And I'm telling you the truth. This is what happened with Jesus. He was tested. Tested by God, yet he passed. And because of that, he, he walked in one way and left another. Because he was empowered now for the work that God had called him to. James 1, 2 through 4 says this. It says, My brethren... Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Pause right there, James. I appreciate you, but counting trials joy? But, but, but James says, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith is going to produce patience, 
But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You see, that's what's going on during the testing. It's God is shaping us. God is forming us. God is doing something in our lives that cannot be done any other way. And if we are faithful to stick that test out and to see it through on the other end, the Bible says that now patience has, has been prefer, or perfected in our lives, and now we are complete, lacking nothing. The Holy Spirit comes and He empowers us for the work that He's called us to. Amen? So the first one is pass the test. The second one is this. You have to forget what it used to look like. You have to forget what it used to look like. Here's the deal. We need a new empowerment for a new season. Each one of us in here, we need a new empowerment for a new season. Thank God for what it used to look like. Thank the Lord for what He's done. But I promise you this. He's getting ready to do something new in your life today. He is getting ready to do something new in your life. I, I watched just a little bit of the message that Pastor Dan uh, uh, preached last week. And Pastor Dan was talking about that there's a new day dawning. Amen? That there's a new day dawning here at LifeSpring. I promise you this, though. What was good for last season isn't going to be good for this season. What got you through last season, what got you through that last season, maybe in your own personal life, but also here as a church, will not get you through this next season. You see, the Holy Spirit is looking to empower us for the new season that He's calling us to. Amen? And so, sometimes we have to not forget in a bad way, not forget like, oh, just throw it all away, but man, we have to be able to move on into the next thing that God wants to do. So oftentimes as Christians, man, we get stuck we get stuck in a certain area. We get st this is just the way God does it in my life. And we get stuck in this area. And then it never allows God to do anything new in and through us. And I believe that today is that God saying, man, I want you to move on. I want you to maybe forget what it used to look like. And I'm going to show you something new. I'm going to show you something new. What you got in the last season, it's not going to necessarily get you through the next season. You see, what we have to do is we have to allow God we have to allow God to do a brand new work in our lives and a brand new work in this church. A brand new work in our lives and a brand new work in this church. Here's the deal, LifeSpring. I do believe, after I've hung out with Dan for the last couple of days and been around some of you guys, I do believe the best days are ahead. I just believe it. You say, yeah, you're the preacher. You get paid to say that. You, that that's, that's like your line. Like, like That's the preacher's line. No, 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 I don't, I, I don't say that out of obligation at all today. I say that out, out, out of just what I feel the Holy Spirit is doing in this place. Is that, man, He is empowering us with a new anointing for a new season. And I believe that in this season, you're going to see things come to pass that, that you have prayed for for years. In your own life, as a church, as a community... Man, you're going to start seeing, they, seeing God break through in areas that, 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 that you have been praying for for years. But here's the thing. He's about to empower you for a new season. He's about to empower you for a new season. And it's going to take a new empowerment. Here's the deal. Forget. Like, move on. Move on from what it used to look like. And allow God to do something fresh. Allow God to do something fresh in your life. It's scary. Sometimes, it, sometimes it's, it's like, oh, no, I think we missed the boat. Like, I don't think we got it right. It's scary. You'll doubt it the whole time, many times. But, man, when God shows up in that new season, it's amazing. We've seen this happen at, at Canton Foursquare Church. 
when I got there, one of the main questions I, I asked the people is, is, do you want to see the, do you want to see the church grow? Like, do, do we want to hang out at 12 people? Because if we do, I'm cool with that, right? Like, we can hang out with 12 people. Um, and they, they, they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what happened is, is some new things began to take place because how I many you know you can't keep repeating the same thing and expecting different results? So, so we start doing some different stuff, and guess what? Half of them took off on me, right? But that was good. That's good because that's what God does in new seasons. I'm not saying that about this place, but, I'm, but I am saying is that, is, is that God wants to do something new in this time. And he wants to use you guys as well. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit. One of the ways that we become empowered by the Holy Spirit is we forget what it used to look like when we walk into what he's doing right now. Third thing is this. How to be empowered. You have to use the gifts. You have to use the gifts. One of the ways to be empowered is to begin to use what you've already been given, right? Is to, 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 to begin to use those giftings that God has already placed in your lives. Some of us in here today are sitting on gifts from the Holy Spirit that He has placed in each one of our lives. And I know it and you know it, right? God is calling you to do things and you're like, oh, I don't know. He's saying, stop sitting on the gifts that I have placed in your life. Because the gifts that I have placed in your life are going to affect the people that are around you. They're going to move people that are around you. And here's the deal. You have influence into people's lives that me and Pastor Dan and some of the other pastors here will never have. And God wants to use you right where you're at. You have to begin. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to use the gifts that he's placed in your life. It always reminds me, when we talk about using gifts, out of Matthew 25, remember uh, 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 the landowner owner gave the, the servant some talents, right? And he, and, and, and he broke it down and he gave a few of them different amounts of talents. And, 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 and the landowner, or he comes back and he says, what have you done? And, and, and the first few guys, man, they killed it. Like they turned, you know, ten, into the, uh, ten more and five into five and all these kind of things. And the, the, the talents had been increased, but the one that he gave one to, what did he do with it? He buried it, right? He buried it because he was afraid to step out and to use what he had been given. And so the guy comes back and he says, where's, where, where's what I've, where, you know, where is it at? What, the, the talent that I gave you, where is it at? And he says, well, I buried it because I was afraid. I was, I was terrified. I didn't want to lose it, you know. I didn't want to lose what you'd given me. And what's the landowner say? He says, that, that's no good, man. I gave you this to multiply what I've given you. Not to sit on it, not to bury it and to keep it safe, but actually to get out and take a risk with it and use what I've given you. And this is what I believe God is calling each one of us in this room today, is he's saying, I have placed gifts in your life that are not to be sat on, that are not to be buried, but they're to be used. And guess what? You're going to make mistakes from time to time. And it's not all going to look great every time, but I want you to get out and I want you to use the gifts that I've placed in your life. Begin to use them. Stop bearing what God has put in your life. He wants to empower us for the work that he's called us to. Use what God has given us. Step out. Be bold with that. Amen? Fourth way to be empowered is this. Be in community. Everybody say community. 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 Being with others isn't just a little bit better. It's a lot better. Being with others doesn't make us just a little bit better. It makes us a lot better. I tell this to Canton Foursquare all the time, right? Like, it matters if you're here or not. It matters when you show up. It matters when you don't show up. Not because I want a big number that we get to turn into the district later. No, 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 no. It's way more than that. Like, it matters when you show up. Because God does something in community that he can never do anywhere else. Why? 
because he, de- he developed it that way. He made it that way. It wasn't our idea. It was his idea. I love what Deuteronomy 32, uh, 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 verse 30 says. It says that one can put a 1,000 to flight, yet two can put 10,000 to flight. Like it would make sense if one put, put, put a 1,000 to flight and then two put 2,000. But God says being in community isn't just a little bit better. We're not talking about just addition when we're in community. We're talking about multiplication now because God does so much more. God does so much more empowerment in our lives whenever we choose to be in community. Whenever you show up for church, it matters. Whenever you show up for that life group that you signed up for, it matters. Listen, it may not matter. You you may be like, well, it doesn't matter. Well, it matters for somebody in there. Because God has placed us in community for a purpose. We'll never be so good that we don't need community. We never graduate from the fact that, man, God has purpose and designed us to be in community. That's why I don't understand people. I mean, I, I get people, especially as a pastor in a small town in Canton, Texas, you get people all the time like, well, it doesn't really matter if I go to church. And I'm not going to fight. Like, I'm not going to fight you on that one, you know? Like, I'm like, well, good luck. <laughs> well, good luck to you. But in my head, I'm thinking, it means everything. It, it means everything. I watch people who are in community, who are in churches, and their lives are just flourishing and things are happening and then they get removed from that for whatever reason and things begin to fall apart i do i see it all the time i see it all the time because it's the power of community when people come together under the banner of jesus christ miracles the miraculous the empowerment of the holy spirit takes place and so oftentimes we don't get that anywhere else and so on a sunday morning man it matters if you're here or not I understand, like we miss from time to time and things happen, but man, it matters when we show up in this place because God, how I many you know that whenever we show up, we're not just here just to sing a couple of songs, hear a word and leave. God is doing something in our lives. He's developing us, he's shaping us, he's molding us, he's growing us, he's stretching us, and then he's also using us to do that in other people's lives as well. Community matters. And empowerment takes place in community. My life has been changed so many times in this kind of setting right here. Showing up for church, right? Just showing up for church on a Sunday morning and then God does something extra special that Sunday morning, right? And my life, the trajectory of my life is changed in a moment. Because that's what God does in community. He empowers us in community. Here's the deal. God uses community as an avenue to empower our lives. What we have to do is we have to pursue it. We have to go after it because the power of it is very, very real. So we see here Jesus walk into the desert field and he walks out empowered for every good work that God has called him to. The fifth thing is this, how to be empowered. You have to remember his faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. Has God been faithful to you? Right? Always has been, always will be. That's never a question. That's never a question. God's faithfulness is a real deal. There's something empowering about remembering the faithfulness of God. There's something that happens in our lives. There's something that the Holy Spirit does whenever we choose to remember the faithfulness of God in our own lives. Remember out of Joshua 4. Joshua is leading the people of, or the children of Israel at this time, and they run up on the Red Sea, right? Or, or excuse me, not the Red Sea, the Jordan. They, 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 they come up to the Jordan there in Joshua 4, and they're at this place again where... We need to get across the Jordan, right, into everything that God has called us to. Yet, there's a river in the way, right? 
we're in trouble. And back then, there were, you know, there was no bridges to cross. They were stuck. They were at a spot. So they needed God to come through in this moment in order for them to go after everything he'd called them to. And so God gives Joshua some instructions. And Joshua and the children of Israel cross over the Jordan uh, on, uh, on dry land. And they get to the other side into the place where God had called them to be. And this, this is the amazing thing that takes place after that. Joshua tells the leaders, the other leaders, he says, I want you to grab 12 stones. I want you to grab 12 stones, and I want you to build a memorial here for, uh, for God, that we will never forget what he did for us in this place. I don't want us to ever forget the faithfulness of God here in this place. Because there's something empowering about remembering the faithfulness of God in our lives. Whenever we look back on our lives and we go, man, I remember when God came through. I remember the place I was in. I remember when I had a car payment due and I didn't have that money and I went to the mailbox and checked the mailbox and there was just enough for the car payment, right? I remember whenever my relationships were falling apart and by all means they were dead, yet then God did something, right? And he sparked a new love in my life and the relationship made its way through it. And now we're stronger now than we ever were. I remember when I was walking through literal hell in my life and God was there with me. And now the place that he has me in 10 years later. Hey, you got to remember the faithfulness of God. I don't know what he's brought you through, but I promise you here today it's worth celebrating. Amen. It is worth celebrating. It's worth looking back and going, man, I was there, but now I'm here. Only by the faithfulness of God. I was in a rut. I was stuck. Now I'm free and moving forward to the purposes that he has for my life. Only by the faithfulness of God. See, this is what Joshua is telling the people of Israel. He's saying, look, I don't want us to forget because we are human beings. And guess what we do a lot of? We forget a lot. We, not, not even meaning, not even trying to forget. It's just life gets busy and, 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 and things go on and we forget the faithfulness of God in our life. And he says, I want you to remember what God did for us here in this place because when we do, there's going to be a faith. There's going to be an empowerment that arises on the inside of us whenever we choose to remember his faithfulness. And so they built this memorial. And then Joshua takes it one step further, which I love. Because how many know that God's not just about us? He's about generations. And he says this. He says this to Joshua. Or Joshua says this to people. And I want you to put these stones there not just for us, but I also want you to put these there for, for your children. Whenever we walk by this place again, whenever we come by this place again, your children are going to ask the question, what do those stones mean? Why are those stones right there? He said, I want you to tell them of the faithfulness of God. I want you to tell them what God has done for you and for everybody here today. Whenever you walk by, your children are going to see it. You see, one of my favorite things as a kid growing up was listening to my parents talk about the goodness and the faithfulness of God. You say, well, well I, mean, I mean, there were times whenever I'd hear stories and I was like, man, it, it, even as a little kid, it would spark something on the inside of me that I said, man, I want, I want God to do that in my life. I want to see God come through in ways when I'm older in my life. Like, like, I want to see the faithfulness of God in my life. You see, parents, I promise you this. Don't be afraid to talk about the faithfulness of God in front of your children. I'm telling you, don't be afraid to talk about the goodness, the faithfulness of God, how he's come through for you in front of your children, your grandchildren, whoever it may be. Because I promise you, it makes a lasting impression. 
And as we do that, there's this empowerment of the Spirit to run after everything He has for our lives. Remembering the faithfulness of God will empower us for the work He's called us to. Some of us are some walking miracles in this room today. Some of the relationships that we're in are just some walking miracles in this room. Some of the kids that we have are some walking miracles in this room. Why? Because it's the faithfulness of God in our lives. It never goes away. And whenever we choose to look back and remember, God begins to empower us for the season he has us in now. Amen? Number six is this. When we talk about the empowerment of God and how to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, how we walk from just being just filled with the Spirit into the empowerment of the Spirit. The last one is this. We simply just ask. We simply just, just ask. One of, my, one of my favorite verses out of the Bible is, is found out of Luke 11 and 13. And you guys will get there. I'm not sure when you'll get there, but you'll get there. <laughs> You're only seven chapters off right now. But Luke, Luke 11, 13, it says this. If, if, if we being evil, talking about me and you, right? And I'm like, excuse me, I don't feel like I'm evil, but okay. You know, if we being evil, if we know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will God give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Like, I love it. Like, there's no punches, bulls. It's just like straightforward. If we being evil know how to give good things to our kids, how much more so God knows how to give the Holy Spirit, to empower us with the Holy Spirit when we simply just ask? You may be in here today and you're saying, Adam, I'm filled with the Spirit. Absolutely. But I promise you today that God wants to empower you for the work that He's called you to. He wants to empower you in this moment. You may have walked in here just thinking, man, we're just going to sing a couple songs, hear a message, we're going to get here. But I promise you, the Holy Spirit wants to meet us in this moment. And He wants to give us a fresh empowerment for a new season. He wants to empower us for the work that He's called us to. He wants us not to give up on the pursuit of what He has for our lives, but He wants us to chase it down with everything that we have and not just be that Christian that's on a treadmill just trying to fulfill it with religious duties, but He wants to empower us with His Holy Spirit to actually run after those things, to see those things become reality in our lives. See, here's the deal. God's not withholding the empowerment from us. He's just waiting for us to ask. Sometimes we, I believe we have, a, we have a bad idea of who God is, that he's just, you know, he wants to give us something, but we're not quite good enough. And so he's like, oh, if you'll just do this one more thing, it'll be your, you know. No, no, no. Luke reminds us, he says, you want it? Just ask for it. You want it? Just ask for it. Very simple. You want the empowerment for the new season? Just ask for it. And God has called everyone in here for something. Ask for the empowerment. Would you stand with me this morning? Man, I love what God is doing. Just the sense that I get even here on a Sunday morning of what God is doing in this place, but also in your lives. Like, man, He's up to good things. He is He is at work. He is up to really good things. And this morning, if you're here and you say, man, I want what you're talking about, that empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I want that in my life. And I want to ask for it. Here's what I'm, I'm going to ask you to take a bold step this morning, okay? 
as the band, as the worship team just plays, I want you just to come forward and I want you to line up just as best we can right here. And we're going to ask very faithfully that, God, you would empower us for the new season that you have for my life. You would just empower us in this, in this place this morning. Here's the good news. You can never be too young and you can never be too old for a fresh empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So if that's you this morning, hey, come on right now. Just step out of your seat. Come line up here at the front. We're just going to pray for us. We're going to allow the Holy Spirit just to work in our lives. And receive the fresh empowerment that he has for each one of us.